Brett, sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Maureen, your Canva presentation looks brilliant. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, thanks, my neighbour Maureen. Yeah, thank you. Look out. It's only films to be buried with The Resurrection. Hello and welcome to Films To Be Buried With The Resurrection. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, an Emmy winner, and I love films. As Don Miguel Ruiz famously said, what others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. If you don't think that Twin Peaks The Return is an 18-hour film, maybe you're living in a different dream to everyone else. No judgment here. It does sound quite judgy, doesn't it, Don Miguel Ruiz, let's be honest. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. But not this week! This week I use my newly acquired shamanic powers to bring back a former guest from the dead and ask them 12 new questions. And this week is the return of the absolutely wonderful Yvette Nicole Brown. Get over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein where you'll get 20 minutes extra chat, questions and a secret with Nicole. You'll also get the whole thing uncut and as a video. All this and more over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. Your TV homework as always, watch Ted Lasso on the Apple TV Plus app, then watch Soulmates on Amazon Prime. One will make you happy, the other will make you thinky. Happy or thinky, pick a side. So, Yvette Nicole Brown. Ah, Yvette Nicole Brown. She was on the show recently. I loved her so much, and the fact that she loved Grease too so hard basically made me bring her back to life quicker than I've ever brought a guest back before. We recorded this over Zoom a couple of weeks ago. It was as delightful as ever, and I think you're going to love it. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 165 of Films to be Buried with. The Resurrection! Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with The Resurrection. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by a writer, a performer, a host, a cartoon, a sitcom, a game show, a legend, a hero, and since the last time we met, an Emmy nominee. Please (laughs) welcome to this show. It's your favourite and mine. She's back. It is only. Here she is. Yvette Nicole Brown! Come up and scream. She's back. She's back. She's back. She's back. She's back. She's back. Let's be clear. Uh, This is the shortest turnaround I've had between death and bringing someone back to life. You are the 
quickest I've killed someone and then felt bad about it and wished that they'd come back. <laughs> I usually spend about a year thinking about it. And then I think, yeah, I'd bring them back. But with you, it was like, the minute I buried you, the minute I buried you, I thought, oh, I'm going to miss her. <laughs> Did this happen because I incessantly tweeted that I wanted to talk to you again? It was nothing to do. I'm not on Twitter. I wouldn't have seen that. So no, no, this was just genuinely walking by the cemetery, wistfully thinking about the good old days when you and I did a podcast and thinking, <laughs> bring her back. Use your powers for good. Bring her back. And, uh, well, and I'm delighted. Uh, it's lovely to see you, Yvette Nicole Brown. For those not on the Patreon who can't see the video, describe what you're wearing today. Who are you wearing? I am wearing a lovely jersey from one of my favorite, if not my favorite show right now. Uh, a hint is that it says Dubai Air on the front of it. It is red, it is gold, it is black, it is white. Hmm. It is a Ted Lasso jersey. It's an old AFC Richmond shirt. And whose name have you got on the back? I, I'm sorry, I, we have a bad connection. Whose name? <laughs> sorry. Say whose name? It's Lasso. I wanted a, I wanted a Roy Kent, but they, they didn't send me a Roy Kent. So I have a yeah. Ted Lasso jersey. Yeah, they rigged it. They rigged it. Okay, they did. listen, I don't mind it. I don't mind you having Lasso. As long as it doesn't say tart, <laughs> it's fine with me. Um, I'm so happy to see you. Now, since I saw you last, which last time you did the podcast was about a week ago. <laughs> but since then... It was like, it was like... A lot's happened. And one of the things is you've, you're a bloody Emmy nominee now, aren't you? Have you been one before? No, it's my first time. My first time ever. Um... So much about my life right now is surreal. And that nomination is one of the things I never, yeah. never in a thousand years thought I would ever be nominated for any award for acting ever. And never even dreamed of it because I accepted my fate as just like the silly girl that pops in and says a couple of lines on a show here and there. So I just never thought my peers knew I existed. So this is really nice. Oh, that's fair. That's nice to hear. And, and how was it when you heard? Where were you? Were you in, you've been filming in... Ireland, Ireland. Right? yeah I was in Ireland with uh with Maya Rudolph who's also nominated in the <sighs> same category uh. we, were at a, we were at a, a department store called Brown Thomas just randomly shopping and uh we were eight hours ahead of uh, five hours ahead of New York and eight hours ahead of LA so we didn't weren't even in the realm of wake up and see if you're nominated we just weren't even yeah. thinking anything about it and um my phone started going crazy pinging and Robin Thede who created uh Black Lady Sketch Show which I'm nominated for guest actress mm -hmm. comedy that show texted me and was like, oh my God. And I found out in the dressing room in Ireland <laughs> that I was nominated. That's fucking sweet. It's all very surreal, isn't it? All it that is. stuff. It is. It's very nice. I'm very happy for you and it's very well deserved. Thank so, you. Congratulations. And to you as well, because you're nominated for everything and you just won. I just gave you an award. I give you an award every morning. Every morning I wake up and just give you an award. You're not aware of it. But then I also <laughs> presented an award that you happen to win. So I, Did you? I, yes, you don't even, the Hollywood Critics Association Award, I gave no, you that. Listen, I'm going to tell you a little behind the scenes thing. Well, that's quite sad about that. Uh, not to take away anything from the Hollywood Critics Association. And I'm very grateful to them. I knew I'd won because they sent an email saying, we can't tell you, but you've won, but you need to record a speech, but you can't tell anyone. So I recorded the speech like a week before. But uh -huh. then I never saw the show. So I didn't know you'd presented it or anything. I, I just I presented and my uh, joy for you uh, was what? could not even quantify my joy for you. And luckily I have that video. So I will send that video to you so you can see what it looked like when I opened that envelope and saw your name. Yeah. 
very grateful. I'm very, very grateful. <laughs> and, I, and I loved all aspects of the show. It kind of shows the awkwardness of life and just how this is the this is the COVID way. Like, you know, they have to put an award show together. They can't tell you that you won. They told me not to tell the per- the people who won that they won. So I couldn't call you. I wanted to, but I didn't. Yeah. No, you didn't. I'm nope. very impressed with that. Yeah. I was just sad not to meet Ray Romano, who was in the category. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to meet him. It was you a good, I knew, I knew everyone in the category. I've never yeah. met Ray, but I know every single other person in the category. And many yeah. of you guys were friends. So it was, it was Sophie's choice for me, but I didn't choose them. The, the envelope chose. It wasn't me. <laughs> it chose you. Um, <laughs> now, what are you doing? back? So you're back now. You're back. How, how was filming in Ireland? And quickly tell us what you were filming, if you're allowed to. I, I was filming the sequel to Enchanted, Disney's Enchanted. I was filming <sighs> Disenchanted in Ireland. It, yeah, it was really great. Uh, Adam Shankman directed, uh, you know, uh, Amy Adams and Patrick Dempsey and Adina Menzel and James Marston and Colton and Gabby and Maya Rudolph and Jema and Oscar James. It was so many. Anne Harada, it's a whole bunch of great people. Michael, a whole bunch of people in there. That's and we had a great wicked. time. It was, it was, Ireland was beautiful and green. And um, it was nice being in the same time zone as you, even though we didn't talk not once there. But it was nice to know that you were in the same time zone. Well, every and time I woke up, you were you were standing over my bed with an award. <laughs> I was, because I give you an award every single morning. Yeah. And Sometimes one of the reasons I didn't talk to you is because I kept thinking, am I dreaming? <laughs> no, but I was there. Sometimes it it's real. best best snore, best non non um disruptive snore yeah a tiniest bit of pillow spittle yeah that was one morning uh best coffee you will make in an hour was one of them a lot of awards everyone snore that woke myself up award yes that was that was a good one but no one else just you just me it's all good (laughs) what what is the is this just me or i don't dribble in my sleep despite your award for it unless i've passed out in the middle of the day Oh, so you you dribble during naps? A nap dribble, sure. That yeah, happen. but that, this is what I think, though. I think that you're probably dribbling at night, but you're in REM. So by the time you wake up, it's dried up and you're not aware. Oh. The nap is as light as the dribble. It's a so light as soon sleep. as I'm asleep, I'm dribbling wherever I, I am. I dribbling is drying. Why would your body not dribble? Because it's, you're in a bed and it's nighttime. You're dribbling. Right, okay. Are we all, we all dribble or just this is not I don't a thing know. I need to worry about? I don't know. I guess it depends on if you sleep with your mouth open. Hmm. Not everybody does. I, I Listen, I've studied this. Not everybody does. But those that do, right. and to the side, the, there's, there's a thing called gravity, and then some yeah. of the saliva will dribble out. That's but how it it's, it's a sign of intelligence, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that part, That I didn't think I needed to say that. That part was yeah, a given. Yeah. That's, that's another award I gave, just a best intelligence. Okay. Uh, lining up. I don't know why you don't know that what you got them for because they're everywhere all around your room. Now, last time you were on the show, you mm-hmm. said a secret that I liked so much I didn't give it just to the patrons, <laughs> I gave it to the world, <laughs> thus breaking the circuit. <laughs> the the and the and the secret was um that you were gonna run for government. And um it's been three weeks since you did the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I snapped to it. <laughs> and uh could you hurry up? <laughs> you know what's so funny? I since that statement, I did run. I ran for uh, president of my union, our union in uh, LA. I did not win, and that's okay. But um, I did run, and it was so funny. I forgot that that was my secret, and then 
you know, three days later, I was like, I'll run. So I guess it really isn't me to do it. Was that your first experience of uh, that sort of thing? Since high school? Yeah. <laughs> how And how did you find it? Was it like, oh, yeah, this is as expected or was it better? I worse? found it to be really disgusting, if I'm honest. I, I like being yeah, honest. Yeah, There's yeah. no point in me not being honest. I felt like there was a lot of unnecessary toxicity and a lot of like lies and attacks and just mean spiritedness. And I really, my, I have a visceral reaction to people who are mean and, and Mm. lies. I just, it makes me crazy. And so as the process wore on and it got nastier and nastier, I was kind of hoping not to win. Cause I was like, I don't know that I want, I don't know that I have the strength. I know that my spirit is strong, but I'm like, I don't even know if I have the strength of spirit and temperament to even counteract this level of nastiness. And I don't know that I want to put myself in a position to have to try to figure out how to counteract it. And so I feel like the Lord protected me in that one. And I wish everybody well. I I want everybody to be well because that's our union and uh, how it runs affects all of us, you know, but there's, I can't, I can't do mean. I just don't have it in That's me. That's really sad it. to hear because then it sounds like it's the same at all levels of government. Yeah, it, it felt like, it felt Trumpy and a lot of the stuff that was done felt really Trumpy and just cultish and, um, and just mean. Like I said, I, 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 I don't mind difficult truths. I don't mind talking about things that are tough, right? Because life is yeah, tough yeah. and sometimes decisions need to be made that are tough, but I don't like when people lie about why a decision was made or blame someone for something they had no no hand in and then use those lies to trick people into voting for them. I think that's just horrible. And it was a lot of that. And I, I uh, ugh. so I wish everyone who won well, um, mm. a couple of couple of really kind people got in and a couple of people that were doing a lot of crazy stuff got in. And, you know, it's um it's for God to sort it all out. I, I'm just a board member now. I'm a, I'm a, I've right. been a national board member. I'm now an LA board member. And I'm going to go to my meetings and do the best I can and then leave the rest of it to them. Wow. Well, that's f- f- depressing. That's depressing. That's depressing. Yeah, it is. But this is the good thing about it when I think about it. Everybody every day can make a better decision. You know? And I'm believing that the people that want all of them, those from the slate that I ran on and those from the other slate, Every day they get to choose to be kinder to each other and better to each other and to build a bridge and to work together. And I I hope that that's the choice they all make every day. I'm believing that they can and I'm hoping that they will. Mm. So it's not as depressing as it sounds. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but there's um, footage of Bobby Kennedy Mm. that I've seen that is so like revolutionary to me. And the reason it is revolutionary is that it's like once he was running for president t- towards mm-hmm. the very end of his life, m- months, weeks before he was assassinated, part of what he was running on is he he makes a statement in the press conference where he says, I was wrong about Vietnam. I said mm-hmm. we should be in Vietnam, we should be doing this stuff. And now I realise I was wrong and we need to, to pull out and mm-hmm. start saving people. And it feels revolutionary to watch it because you're like, oh, yeah, I no, you're not allowed to say you're wrong in politics. No. No one does. No one's ever says it. Mm-hmm. And it's the only way anything could actually happen is to go, I tried this thing. I was pretty sure about it, but having experienced mm-hmm. it, it didn't work out and we need to change. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know what else? One of the most powerful things I've ever seen is just one, one politician saying, I was wrong and we need to change. And you know what else they don't say? What? They don't say, I don't know. And I feel like mm. along I was wrong. I feel like I don't know is just as powerful because when you don't know, 
if, if, if one of your constituents has a question and you don't know, your first thing that you're going to do is try to find out. And that also opens you up to learning about things that you maybe never thought about or never um, expected to have to uh, be knowledgeable about, which opens up a wealth of, of possibilities. And for some reason, you're not allowed to say that you don't know. What is wrong with saying, I don't know, but I'll find out. Or I don't yeah. know, but I'm going to get your answer. I think I just think it gets a bad rap. And I, I, I love I love I don't know. I relish in I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it's so powerful because it's also it also humbles you and and evens the playing field because the person asking the question, even if it's a gotcha, gotcha answer, gotcha question, they don't have a, an ability to crow because you didn't lie. You didn't make up yeah. something, you didn't deflect, you didn't blame. You simply said, I don't know, but I yeah. will find out. I love it. Yeah, so, that's so true. I, even right? at a small, tiny scale, I was doing uh, press for Ted Lasso. And there mm-hmm. was, and I won't say who, and I won't say what for, but there was a journalist asking me a question about someone. And the question was really pointed, but also like so clearly at an angle that they were trying to get something. Yeah. And I said, I said, I honestly don't know what it is you're wanting me to say to this. Good for you. I, re- I don't think I'm the, I have an answer for you. I'd love to engage in this, but I I genuinely don't know what you're getting at. And and if you're getting at something, it's not something I understand or can get. So I'm not. And their response was: Were they embarrassed? They should have been. Uh, It was a phone call, so I don't know. There was a bit of silence. I'm going to I'm going to agree to believe. I'm going to agree with myself that they (laughs) that they were chastened (laughs) and that they feel bad to this day for what they tried to do. (laughs) They've quit. They've quit journalism now. They quit. They no longer even write. For whatever they write for, yeah. they're done. They now they now live in a monastery, and they are as as they sh- as they should, sir. Yeah. As they should, yep. But it's very fascinating. I'm I'm sorry you had that experience and that it was like that. And I I wish, yeah. I don't know the way around it. You, it, it needs the the sad part is it needs put more people like you. It needs the majority of people to think you you need to run on the ticket of I don't know. I am Yvette Nicole Brown and I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, but vote for me. Like, I don't know, but I'm going to be nice about it. I'm nice, though. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Vote for me. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. Oh, Yvette Nicole Brown. Yes. Guess, Guess what? What, Brett? You have been brought back to life. Resurrected. You what? might say, what? but when are you going to come back to your life? Do you want to come back now or do you wish to return to an earlier part in your life to perhaps correct a wrong that you once did? Fix a regret. Try something new. <laughs> Event Nicole Brown, you don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was... That was that was a lot. You did you did a lot. Yes, have a drink, champ. You earned it. Take a drink. Um, okay. Yeah, I know. breathe. I think you did it in one breath too. That's what's crazy. Okay, listen. Part of me is saying that like I want to come back like right before COVID, like six months before COVID is anywhere to sh- sh- ring the alarm. Like that's the altruistic thing that re- way at per- time that I would come back. But I really want to go back to my first bad decision in a guy. Right, right. <laughs> and tell myself, no, this is it's a bad, it's a bad choice. You're gonna make a lot of other bad choices after this bad choice. Let's stop right now and figure this out so that you can have a better love life for your whole life. So I would go back to 
Gosh, that might be 17. <laughs> 17, I was going to ask. Have to go back to 17, man, because good Lord, the choices oh, I've made. Oh, God, I hate to say it, but all aspects of, I've never thought of that side of it. All aspects of your love life would be so just much go back better. And, if, I could, just, if I could start yeah, now. Go back, yeah, like go back and clean it up, like, like pick better, because mm. we make such, I don't want to say dumb decisions, but we make ill-informed decisions when we're younger, what we think we should be looking for. For me, anyway, let me speak for myself. What I thought I should be looking for was not what I should be looking for. And the ones that I kind of walked past were the ones that I realize now would have been wonderful for me. So um, I, I would go back and, and make some different decisions. So, yeah, maybe maybe 25. I could do it at 25. I don't have to go back to 17. But you've then got to live everything else as well. I don't know. Oh, God, Jesus. You'd, you'd be All right. So the that's the career. case. That, I mean, yeah, I think I would do the same career. I'd start it earlier. Um, there's certain shows and movies I'd say no to and others that I would say yes to. Um, I definitely wouldn't eat as many donuts as I ate because then I wouldn't have diabetes. I wouldn't have the sugar, um, <laughs> the diabetes. <laughs> so there's, I mean, there's a lot of changes I would make, but you know, that's hindsight, right? We, we all do that to ourselves. It, uh, can I ask this only because our favorite Michelle Pfeiffer, I was reading an interview mm. with her where she said like her biggest regret is she said no to the silence of the lambs. But the reason was because she felt there was evil in the script and she was scared about putting that out in the world. Oh, I respect that. Yeah, but she regretted it because she loved Jonathan Demi and she had loved working with him previously. And, and when she saw the film, she was like, oh, that was very good. I was... Scared. Yeah, but you know what, though? You can't you can't ever go against that feeling. Like, if you feel something is evil and you say, no, that's not a... Yeah. No, that's not a regret. Yeah. And that makes me kind of love her even more. You know, she's I mean, our girl from Greece too, but that makes me love her even more that she was concerned about adding something that she felt might be negative to the world yeah. and i think it's i think that's important too i, I make decisions based on that too i don't want to do harm her. i love her so much I oh little too. side note yes you've seen in the heights right i have do you love in the heights i do why it's that's a loaded question wait oh no what? i love it i love it yeah i do i, I got afraid i, I was it. like what should i not yes i do no i love it so much and i've been listening to the soundtrack a lot right and yeah. what i realized is abuela in it the grandma mm-hmm. character when yeah. she does her final song, yes. When I watched the movie, I remember thinking, "This is my least favorite part." I'd probably fast forward this on video. Yeah, I kind of. Felt Since that I've too. had the soundtrack, that is now my favorite song. And what I realize is that's the charades, charades. Of, <laughs> of in the heights. You know, and let me say this too, because when we talked the first time, I didn't. I I agreed with you in that, but I gotta say, if I'm honest, charades was always my favorite song of not not my favorite that's not fair because i loved so many songs in greece too but yeah. i didn't hate charades the mm. one you that, were, that you I, got it first time out, out yeah game. i did i did because i just understood the idea of hiding and not being i was a nerd in high school right and in, in middle mm. school when, when greece Two came out so i understood that idea of trying to hide behind who you are and you're in the shadows and you're playing a role like i got it even at like 13 so I love that. Like my the one in Greece too that I was like, eh, was do it for our country. I was like, ugh. Oh, I just never liked that love song. It. I still don't like that song, but um, it's my least favorite in the whole. You love that one? Love it. No, it does. It, and it's not. Listen, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but insofar as a song that I want to sing along to, a song that whose lyrics I love, like I, I mean, I get it. It's just not my favorite. Do you know how many women I've tried to seduce with the line? It would be like we're doing it for 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 Disneyland. For Disneyland, <laughs> I bet at least seven. 
I think it, for, it, it never works. But it, of course it doesn't, because it's horrible. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now back to what we're we talking about. You're, you you've come back. You've got twenty five years. Oh yeah. So my question was because of Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer. If I may, and you cannot answer this, I totally understand if you don't want to. Okay. Could you tell me the film or TV part that you turned down that you most regret? Only if you're comfortable. Okay, so there is, I'm a huge Once Upon a Time fan and have on Twitter a thousand times through the years have talked about Once Upon a Time and, and even live tweeted every episode when it was airing on ABC. And when it was time for Ursula to appear, um, I got a call and they said, Yvette, we'd love for you to play Ursula. And at the time that came about, I was filming The Odd Couple in California and it was going to be a season long arc. I think Marin Dungey, who got the role, who was amazing in the role, ended up doing like maybe six or seven episodes out of 13. Like she was in half of the season and I, I couldn't go. And so I had to turn it down and the role was going to sing and it was just going to be amazing. Now, the, the other reason why I was okay with passing is that it's Ursula and she's a sea urchin and I can't swim. And on the off chance that they were like, Yvette, we're going to put you in this water and you're going to die. I was like, I probably should say no for that reason as well. But um, yeah, Ursula on getting to play Ursula once upon a time would have been amazing. And I had to say, I had to say no. And I, I do regret that. But I mean, what I, mean, I had a job. What could I do? You can't do anything about that. That's totally you fair. Thank you, for, thank you for answering. You're welcome. Can we talk about you not being able to swim? <laughs> you want to judge me? I don't want to judge you. I want to teach you how to swim. You want to teach me how to swim? Unless it's something you you can't do for medical reasons or something. No, no, I can. I could do it for me. I mean, it's probably something I should do for medical reasons so I don't drown if someone ever throws me in. I'm afraid of water and I almost drowned when I was a kid. And so that's why I've kind of been afraid. And I have a pool. I live in a house with a pool. I've been in it all of twice. I tell my friends, come over and swim. Because one of my friends and her husband come over and they swim all the time. I just don't swim. Wow. Yeah. That's quite interesting. Yeah. Interesting that you're scared of swimming, but have a swimming pool. Yeah, because you know, it was so pretty. I remember when I came to look at the house, it was in, in the evening. And they had the but pool. But why do you like, that's the thing that will kill me. That's and it's Yeah, right I was like, gosh, oh, it's going to be a beautiful death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when I die, it's, ooh, somebody take a picture. It's going to be lovely. Yeah, no, it was really pretty. It's pretty at night when the pool lights were on. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. Okay, so you've come back. You've come okay, back to back. life. I'm yes. delighted to see you. Everyone's delighted to see, to see you. you. And uh, you've come back. And weirdly, since you've been gone about three weeks, all mm -hmm. everyone on Earth wants to talk about is films. And, really? Uh, yeah, it's weird. And the first thing they ask you is, what was the last film you saw, Yvette Nicole Brown? Now, I have not been to any theatres or anything because of, the COVID. Mm. The last COVID. film that I recently put in to watch was He's Not That Into You. Now, I, I know it's random, but when you hear why, it's not going to be. I like to do a little primer every now and again to remind myself how a man acts when he likes you. <laughs> because sometimes I'm in, like in that movie, like Gigi in that movie, I literally will make excuses. Like, no, no, I know he never calls me, but it's because he's busy. <laughs> Or no, no, I know, I know he said he doesn't like me, but that's just because he's intimidated. And if he, and he just wants me to show I like him so that he can, you know what I mean? Like, and that movie, whatever you tell yourself, whatever lie, delicious lie you tell yourself, that movie destroys it. And so like every, every eight months I put it in just to go, nah, nah, 
Is this the film that you're going to take when you come back to life at 25 to give to your youngest? That would be that would be great. Good good idea. Just yeah, straight up hand them the, the DVD. I don't think they had code. DVDs when I was 25, oh, so I have to wait You're a You're just going to have to reenact it for them. <laughs> I think the book was out then. So yeah, I'll I'll take the take the movie and tell myself to buy the book. Um, I'm going to put my hands in the air and say I've not seen He's Not That Into You. You have I, not? I don't know why I haven't seen it because I'm sure I'd enjoy it. But it's one of them um, books, much like Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, that I fully think is a brilliant, brilliant idea and a brilliant thing but I feel like everything I need to know is in the title. <laughs> and then this is the, thing too, though. the rest this of the is... book is a lot of examples where the message he... is, he's just but not you that don't, into you. You don't need, he's just not that into you though, because you don't, you're probably, you're, you seem to me, and I don't know your relationship status, but you seem mm. to me to be the kind of guy that would not play with someone. You seem to be the kind of guy that if you like someone, they would know you like them. If you don't like them, they would know. You would not go out, go with, go out with a girl and have her thinking that you were into her. Like, cause we listen. We all know when somebody's into us. Usually, don't yeah. you think that? Well, I I think those things can be affected by self esteem. As mm-hmm. in, someone might be into you, but you might miss it because you don't believe you're worth anything. Oh, that you're so worthy. You go, They're not in your league. I hate yeah, that. So you everybody's miss it. in your league. Everybody's so you in your miss league. It. I hate that. That that to me mm. is I would wake up in a cold sweat if that the idea of someone someone I like could like me back and I don't say something because I think they wouldn't like me back. That or or vice versa. Mm. I hope anyone listening to this, if you like me, shoot your shot. <laughs> shoot it. Shoot it. Don't you I'm not out your league, I promise. I love that. Right. Cut this bit into an advert and we're just putting this out on a loop. <laughs> I'm not out of anybody's league, I promise. Shoot your shot. Nicole Brown. I don't know, but shoot your shot. (laughs) Shoot it. Life is short. Shoot your shot. And 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 even if it's not about me, shoot your shot to whoever you like. It's life is short. Shoot it. Oh, the other thing, I want to tell you the other film that I also watched. Have you ever heard of a film called Best Friends? Who is in Best Friends? It's Goldie Hawn and um and Burt Reynolds. Goldie Hawn Burt Reynolds. Yes. Tell me. If you have not seen Best Friends, I know the Friends, poster. You in particular have got to see Best Friends. Okay. This poster. Ah, look at that! That looks like an eighty sitcom that it, I want to watch. I mean, every it's, so, it's such. It's like two writers who are best friends who fall in love, and then everything that goes awry and comes back together and goes awry. And it's just, I thought it was. I saw it as a little a kid. It was like one of my mom's favorite films, and I just thought like. Wow, like that's really what love is like. Like you gotta sometimes you gotta really work through your shit to to be with the person that you're supposed to be with. Yeah. You know. And sometimes you have to forgive a lot of stuff. You gotta forgive mistakes that they make and made and heart heartbreak that they cause, even though you feel like they should have known better. You gotta forgive it. You gotta forgive a lot of stuff. Everyone's yeah. fucked, aren't they? You have to forgive really everyone are. a lot. You gotta forgive also, a lot. most people don't know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like as in most people do stuff they don't know why they do it and it upsets people and people are like why did you do that expecting the answer to be because i hate you and i was punishing you when the truth is i don't fucking know i don't know and 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 more often than not i had nothing to do with you like i did it but it had nothing to do with how i feel about you probably to do with me hating myself that i did that's right it's probably some self-hate in there yeah it's all true hmm witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury 
with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hello, my neighbor Maureen. What's this I hear about you getting a promotion at the office? Didn't you just get promoted last month? It's all thanks to Canva. I've been nailing every meeting with AI-powered Canva presentations. Isn't that Canva's AI slide generator where you just describe your presentation in a few words and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides in seconds? That's right. And to top it off, I use Magic Write, Canva's AI text generator, to perfect my points. Sounds brilliant, Maureen. No more copying and pasting from other programs. No more app switching. Can Canva Docs with Magic Write generate any text you want for work? Yes. Sales proposals, marketing plans, yeah. Meeting agendas, ratings of all 12 Muppet movies using the extensive point system that I developed at age 12. Anyone can save time with Canva's AI-powered tools. Generate your draft fast with Canva Docs at canva.com, designed for work. Oh, thanks, my neighbor, Maureen. Yeah, thank you. Who do you think should play you in the film of your life? Okay, let me start. Let me start here and say that I do not think that this person should play me. Okay. I just, I just would like this person to play. Me. Okay, that's good. That's good. And the person is Janet Jackson. Janet that's fucking Jackson. great idea. <laughs> she should not. I, I think actually she one should. One or two. I just want her to. You know how happy I would be to see Janet Jackson like like acting out. My life is so boring though. Like there wouldn't even be any pizzazz for her to act out. What are you talking about? There's scenes of, of her walking near a pool, knowing that it could kill her at any in. moment. Like I'd love to see film. Janet. I'd love to see Janet in Shirley's uh matronly clothes on community, <laughs> carrying her purse, <laughs> doing the voice, Pierce. Rita. A little, almost the Miss Piggy voice of Shirley. Oh, God, I would love it. Janet Jackson played me. She should not. Really, really good I just chance. would like her to. I totally see it. Mm-hmm. Now, you're a romantic. God, I you're am. a romantic. I am a romantic. Jesus How do you know God. that about me? Oh, come off it. It comes out of your pores, your face. It just <laughs> says romance. You're a romantic. I am. You believe in good. I do. romantic. I am. You live a life of <laughs> romance, romance being the same as <laughs> believing in wonder. Yes, true. You're That's romantic. True. That's true. I'm a romantic. I am. What's the most romantic film you've ever seen, Yvette Nicole Brown? This is going to be very self-serving and I want to warn everybody right now. Okay, so everybody just prepare for your jaw to drop and go, how could she? Okay. Because I'm about to do it. The most romantic film I've ever seen is the film I wrote, Always Surprise Me. Now hear me out. The reason there's a reason. This is the reason. I literally wrote the perfect man. I in that film, I wrote a man in Mark that would say and do and be everything I ever dreamed a man would 
say, do and be. So it's almost impossible for there to exist a more romantic film to me than the one that I created because I wrote it. I wrote it going, oh, gosh, if a guy said this to me, oh, God, I have a guy. <laughs> so how could I, you know what I mean? Like every romantic yeah. film you've ever seen, it's it'll be close to what you like. It won't be exactly. It always a bridesmaid. It's exactly what I would want in a guy. So I got to go with always a bridesmaid and Mark played by um, fabulous Jordan Calloway. That's a great answer. Tell me one yeah. line that he says that is like the perfect thing that a man could say. Oh gosh, there's a there's a line where Karina says to him, you know, I, he's telling her that, that it. I don't want to give the movie away to anybody that hasn't seen it, but he's he's telling her things that she's done that are difficult for him to deal with. And she screams to him and says, I know I'm flawed. Why do you, why do you want to be with someone who's flawed? And his response to her is because I love someone who's flawed. And when you love someone, you want to be with them flaws and all. And that's like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Because it's like what we said about, you're afraid that what you are is repellent. Like you, you think to yourself, like you love me now, but if you saw the real me, you wouldn't love me. Or, If you really spent time with me, how you're saying you feel, you wouldn't feel anymore. And we all just want that person that would be like, no, I know you're crazy. I know yeah. you dribble a little bit when you sleep. <laughs> you know <laughs> but, that about me and you still love I know me. That, yeah, but I still love you. Like that's, that's, that's part of you. That's part of what makes you, you. And I want to be with you. I want to be with you. Everything that you bring, I want to be with you. So I thought that was just like the most amazing uh, have we talked about this before? I definitely have. But in the film Synecdoche, New York by Charlie mm-hmm. Kaufman, which I think mm-hmm. is one of the greats, there's yeah. a line in it that haunts me ever since I've seen it. And in hindsight, I go, yes, that that's what he he is articulating his fear, which I think mm-hmm. is my fear, which is his wife says to him in it, he says something like, I'm sorry if, if I disappointed you. And she goes, well, everyone's disappointing once you get to know them. And it's like, Oh, fucking hell. That's the biggest fear. Yeah. Instead of saying you haven't disappointed me. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of saying, because that's the thing, like you want, you want the one that is yours and who you, you belong to, to be the one that almost doesn't see the things that are disappointing. You want them to love you so much that what would disappoint and upset other people, they don't even register it because of their love for you. And then to, to put yourself out there like, I'm sorry, I, I, you know, and the person's like, it's okay. Like, I'm sorry I gained some weight. It's okay that you've gained weight. <laughs> what? You noticed? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I, yeah, understood. That's, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the best film you ever saw that you never want to see again? Oh, gosh. This, I, I struggled with this answer because, or I struggle with this answer rather than speaking present tense. Because I, <laughs> my reason for not, let me just say the movie and then you'll, you guys will know why I don't ever want to see it again. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, and the reason I'm, <laughs> I, I'm horrified that I, I mean, I'm not horrified. Like the reason I don't want to see it again is obvious why I don't want to see it again. It's a very dark film and it's very, the ending of course is horrific, but I wish that I could see it again because the performances are so good. Like that movie is so good. And I don't know why I can't just watch it again. I know how it ends. Yeah. You know, I own it. I bought it. I just can't, can't do it. So seven. And it's a very bleak uh, outlook. That it film. really is. It's, it's, there's no, there's no redemption in that film. And I don't mind taking a really crappy ride. If there's something good at the end, like even something like the exorcist, like at the end of the exorcist, at least the demon's gone. 
You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, ending. It's a happy ending. Yeah, I need I need there to like we can go through hell, but we got to go through hell. I can't go through hell and then stay in hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We ain't gone through it. I, no, thank you. So yeah, seven. It's yeah, The Exorcist does what makes The Exorcist like an adult film and not a sort of normal horror film is that if it were a normal horror film, as they drive away in their car, mother and daughter, the daughter's head would turn around in the back seat and yeah, look exactly. at the camera and wink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and go green. Yeah, and you'd be like, "She's back." <laughs> Sequel coming. Yeah, no. Is that Nicole Brown. Yes, but. What's the best action film you've ever seen? Mission Impossible 1. You can have that. Yeah, and this is why. And listen, I know that since since then, it came out in 96. I know since then, you know, CGI has gotten better and maybe stunt people have gotten better. I don't know. But what I know about Mission Impossible 1 is that a lot of those were practical stunts and a lot of them were done by uh, Tom Cruise. And so when you watch that film and there's the scene where he puts the, mixes the gum and he smacks it on the glass and the glass and yeah. he's running for his, Tom Cruise is really running for his dog on life with that water coming after him, you know? Yeah. And so that, a, a lot of stuff like that, a lot of those scenes, that's some action I can, I, you're on the edge of your seat. Now you know Tom's going to live because Tom, Tom has done the press junket and you've seen him, but it's still that <laughs> feeling when you're in the film, like, is he going to make it? Yes. I don't know. Run, Ethan, run. So I'm going with Mission Impossible. And that movie... <laughs> That movie actually holds up, even though it's really old, it holds up. Like that out of all the Mission Impossible films, I'll pop that one in and just enjoy that even to to, to this day. It's fucking brilliant. And in fact, it's been sort of uh spoofed, perhaps, or mm-hmm. homaged to death. But the sequence of him breaking into that lab yep. and hanging on his that waist in a bead of sweat is one of the great. Nobody's nobody's done it better. They, no they've one's tried done it, better. it, but that is man. Brian De Palma. One of the greats. Yes. Of all the films, Yvette Nicole Brown, of all the films, if you had to, which film do you think you could have made and why? All the films in the world. Out of all the films in the world, the film I could have made, I believe, is While You Were Sleeping. And I know I've talked about it before. I think I talked about it the first time I died, when I died the first time. I can believe it. But it's a small film, like there's not a lot of sets. Mm-hmm. Not a huge cast. It's led by the charming and effervescent Sandra Bullock, who is one of my favorite actresses in the world. And I think that I would, I think that I could easily craft that that story in a way that would be delightful. So that's my I choice. Could, I think that is a very honest answer, and I believe you could make that film. Thank you. Now go and make it. I'm going now. Bye, uh, everybody. What is the film? that you have pretended to like to impress people with Nicole Brown? It's a series of films that I have pretended to like. Everybody get ready to again say, how dare you? All of the Fast and Furious films. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you why. Um, I <laughs> don't. I zone out during chase scenes. <laughs> Oh wow! Then I you're mean, in the wrong franchise. I, know, I have never, I have never, like, because I know it's a lot of it is not real. I know a lot of it is. I know that stuff's gonna flip, catch on fire, and I know that everybody, for the most part, is going to survive it. So there's no stakes for me, and so yeah. I just don't like the. You know, I don't care. You're on, you're going on the rail, and you go over. It. I, I just don't care. So while I'm watching the movie, my brain just kind of glazes over until it gets back to like dialogue or whatever. So. Those films are just one long chase scene for the most part. 
But you've watched oh, all the films. I've seen. They're, they're up to what thirty-seven, right? I've seen <laughs> the first yes, thirty-nine now. Yes, I've seen the first three, maybe four. And I'm in a I'm in a a, a blurred group with a lot of black nerds who love. Hmm. Uh, so I'm probably I'm probably kicked out of the group now, but because you I've, pretend in that group, you go, oh, yeah. And I'm like, Fast and Furious, amazing. Like I love the emotion of Fast and the Furious. I love you like the, the family bit, the bit. I love the family bit, that family. part, but the but the car chases. I'm good. We went to the moon the last time I heard. Of, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Yvette Nicole Brown. It's back. What is the film you've never seen that you think it's mad you've never seen it? I don't think it's mad that I've never seen it, but I think other people would think it's mad that I've never seen Citizen Kane. That is mad. What's the film you love that you don't expect anyone else to like? I honestly think that if you and I are ever going to to bond fully, you will know the film that I'm about to say. You will know it backwards and forwards. If you do not know this film backwards and forwards, I believe I'm about to delight you in a way that you're not ready to be delighted. The film that I love that I don't expect anyone else to like and or even know is the pirate movie. The pirate movie? With Walter Matthau. No. Oh, Christy fuck. McNichol, Christy McNichol and Christopher Atkins. It is a musical version of the Pirates of Penzance that came out around the same time as Grease 2. It is a freaking musical and you're going to flipping love it. The pirate movie. Hold on. Oh my God, I'm excited. I just changed your life. I mean, are you saying it's Grease 2 good? Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm looking for those of you who can't see. I'm looking at the cover, and I described the cover as looking the cover like is a school play that someone's taking a picture of. <laughs> which makes Atkins. me want to see it even more. They're wrapped in a pirate's a pirate's um flag, <laughs> and yeah. it is a musical. It's buckle your swash and jolly your Roger for the okay. ultimate musical comedy pirate adventure. It is. I'm not going to lie. It looks like a porno from the cover. Yeah, it looks it looks like it's got the production values and plot of a porno. If you don't love this, we may be done. We may be over. So I'm just... I'm willing to take this risk because I suspect I will love it. I can't believe you've never heard of it though. Like it came out like the same. Let me see. Grease two was what eighty two. This came out. It came out in the mid in like the earlier mid eighties. Okay. Christy McNichol was was and Christopher Atkins were still a thing when this came out. So you can imagine. It was around 82, 83 it came out. Let's all watch the pirate movie and report back to Yvette Nicole Brown. No one judged me. I like that, I like that I as a thing. No one's going to judge was, me. There's no judgment on this show. Remember the question was, what's a film that you've seen that you don't think anybody else would like? So that's where we started. Yeah. A film that you love. So I love it. I think that's a really good answer, but I will know more soon. What is the film you would show a lover as a test to see if you should be together. Now I think it needs to be the pirate movie, but what I <laughs> what I really think it is, too. Okay. Either the Princess Bride, because I think the Princess Bride is the totality of who I am as a human being. Okay. It's everything that I love, everything, the kind of comedy I love, romance I love. It is every single thing. Fantasy is everything. The other one is School Days by um, Spike Lee. It's another musical, right? It's mm-hmm. It shows the Black experience. So if, if, if the person that I'm interested in is not of the black persuasion, it will introduce them nicely to what it's like to be a black person. 
It's got sororities and fraternities. I'm in a sorority. And um, it's Spike Lee and it's like everybody's in it. Giancarlo Esposito's in it. Tisha Campbell, um, uh, Samuel Jackson's in it. Like it's everybody is in it and it's music. It's so a those great are the fucking two, film. You know, and Hang I got to say, yeah, if go I have to introduce you to those two films, we might already be done before we begin because I need someone that has had a good life and made good choices. I've, listen, I'm halfway there. Mm-hmm. Right, I have seen School Days. You haven't seen Princess Bride? Oh no, I've seen that. So sorry, oh, I still thought me. you were comp- you were talking about the pirate movie. Uh, so, what film made you the most uncomfortable? Human Centipede. I, I mean, that's fair. It's yeah. horrible. It's a horrible film. I don't know why they did it. I don't know why they did that to us. I don't know why they did that to themselves. I don't know why it exists. It's in like a very long game. You know what I mean? Like, I like in comedy when someone commits to a bit. That's a really committed long, bit. It's a long bit. They committed fully to. They made like you know, two you, or three you, you, you come up with the idea, what's the most disgusting thing you can think of? Is that. You talk about it and then you say, we should make that film. Then you cast right. it. You write it. You get the lighting. You film it. That is commitment to a yeah. bit. And then the people came back every day. They came the first day and then they had that experience and they came back the second day and the day after. They did it every day. That's That's commitment, but it's the wrong commitment. Yeah. And they said, why are we doing this again? He said, oh, because it was funny. Remember when we first said mm-hmm. human centipede a year ago? Nope. Yeah? Nope. Nope. And nope. You remember we said, wouldn't it be funny if we made that into a film? <laughs> now, strap your face into this person's bum hole. Oh, let's God, get back to work. so much. Everything about it I hate. I have community to thank for having seen that. I think I said that before. Yes. The past the community made me watch that movie. Hang on. Did you say you're in a sorority? I am. What's that like? It's amazing. I'm in Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. It's the same sorority that our vice president, Kamala Harris, is in. Ooh. He's my soror. So, yeah, you want to know what that's like? It's it's great. It's sisterhood. It's uh, service to all mankind. It's so it's cute. not like chugging beer and... No, and not the black Greek um, sororities. No, that's the white Greek sororities and fraternities. The black Greek sororities and fraternities... I mean, I'm sure that they're teenage. I mean, they're college students, so I'm sure that everybody has a beer after they turn 21. But it's it's more about service and a lifelong commitment more than just something you do during college. Very nice. Mm. If you could show a child one film, what would it be, Yvette Nicole Brown? It was a film that came out on Netflix last Christmas called Jingle Jangle. It's also yeah. a musical. Did you see Jingle Jangle? Oh, I loved it. David E. Talbert and Lynn Sisson Talbert created it. And it had like Force Whitaker and Anika Noni Rose and mm. Alicia Rashad and Keegan-Michael Key. And it was a story of a, um, a toy maker who kind of lost lost his way and, and lost his faith in his ability to create magic for kids and how that affected every area of his life. And he lost his magic after a great loss. And I think a lot of people, myself included, when you lose something or lose someone, you kind of for a minute forget where your twinkle is. You don't know where where it is, where your magic is. And um, it's how he finds his way. And his granddaughter is is a key part of that. And it's one of my favorite movies, but definitely a favorite Christmas movie. And I think every child should see it. There's great themes and and stories in there about how to, how to keep believing despite what happens to you. How do you, may I ask, when mm-hmm. you've ever felt like you've lost your magic, do you have ways of refinding it? you have tricks? You know, movies help. And also just reminding myself usually that even if it's like, I, you know, I suffered a great loss recently and I've never had that particular loss, but I have had loss before. So it's kind of like 
reminding yourself how you got over the last time, like how you survived feeling forsaken or forlorn before? How did you find your way through? And, you know, for me lately, and I know we joked about this before we started recording, like I've been doing Legos. I know it sounds crazy, but I believe finding something, finding something that channels your energy and your emotion that is not detrimental to you. Because a lot of times people will go, they'll eat too much, they'll drink too much, they'll do drugs. There's a lot of things that you can do that makes your mind turn off, right? I think it's important to find something to turn your mind off or to channel your emotions that's positive and doesn't harm you or anyone else. And for me, that has literally been Legos, music, movies, and Lego. That's a really lovely answer. Mm. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Yvette Nicole Brown, (laughs) I brought you back to life and you have been wonderful. I've loved it so much that I've made a decision. I'm going to let you live. Oh, for now. Oh, my diagram. I know. Okay. Okay. It's all right. But for now, you shall live. However, I've got a lawyer here. He says, just in case, we should just make her do a will. In your will, you're allowed to leave one DVD for someone. What what DVD are you going to leave in your will if you ever die again? I'm going to give two. You tell me which one I should choose. The first one is Tootsie. Brilliant. The second one is the best little whorehouse in Texas. I know Who it's are you hard. leaving it to? America. <laughs> <laughs> All of America. Then I think you've got to leave the best little whorehouse in Texas. I think I got to leave best little whorehouse in Texas. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to leave the best little whorehouse in Texas. One, because Dolly Parton does not get the fly. I know. And listen, I was, you can't say Dolly Parton is unsung, but even though she is beloved the world over, she still is not, has not gotten the flower she deserves. From songwriting to philanthropy to activism to acting she's just being a beautiful human being on the planet she's everything and then you know Dom DeLuise and Burt Reynolds and um, a story that some would say a child of my age should never have watched (laughs) um I probably should never have been singing along to those songs but um my mother believed in us seeing good Films with good music. And so every musical damn near that came out, we got to see. So I would leave Best Little Whorehouse in Texas and tell all the prudes to check their prudishness. I've been Yvette Nicole Brown, and I don't know. Vote for me. Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, yes. you've been magical as always. A Thank wonderful you. treat and a delight. Is there anything you would like to tell people to look out for or to listen to or oh. to build or play with? Okay. Yes. I'll say this. If you are a Lego fan, work your way up to R2-D2. That's the best advice I can give everybody because R2-D2, you know, a lot of those sets say expert, but damn it, R2-D2, it, it, it should say genius. That is, was the hardest build. He's, he's made, he exists and he's standing, but it almost killed me. So that's the first thing that I want to tell people. Second, my show Big Shot on Disney Plus got, got um, renewed for a second season. So I'm excited. I've said a few times that it has the same DNA as our beloved Ted Lasso. It is a a sweetheart heart of a show. It's got it's loving and it's setting up a girls ba- us at a school for girls and their basketball team, the girls basketball team. It's lovely. So that's what I, you can watch out for. Are you the uh, Ted Lasso of Big Shot? No, the Ted Lasso of well, no, no. Who are you? Which character of Ted Lasso are you in Big Shot? I am the, oh, this is a good question. I am the, uh, I'm the Rebecca of Ted Lasso. Wowzers. Yeah, I'm the Rebecca of Ted Lasso. 
Um, Kablawi. Yeah, I was going to say I was the Roy Kent because I can be a little curmudgeonly, but my DNA is actually Rebecca. I'm the I'm the school administrator and everyone comes to me for for help. So if you could mix Roy Kent and Rebecca, it would be who I am. Yeah. Well, I'm sold. Is there anything else that we should be looking for or listening to? Oh, you could listen to me. I'm on um I'm on Central Park. I do voices on Central Park on Apple TV. I love Central Park. Yeah, I do a lot of voices. I sing a lot of songs and do a lot of voices on there. And um, I'm like one of their stable right. of actors that rotates in. And then I also have a, I'm on another kid's show called Chicken Squad. I play Captain Tully. She's a, a search and rescue dog that's teaching three chickens how to be better helpers in the neighborhood. And that airs on Disney Junior. So those, those things, listen for. God bless you. God bless you. I'm glad I brought you back to life. I don't regret oh. it at all. I hope you have a wonderful life. And... Uh, <laughs> Maybe I'll see you again, but I hope you live long. Thank you. But maybe well, you, I'll see you, you again. You decide how long I live. I've learned this. Yeah. Sleep well. Sweet dreams. No, no. A little dribble. <laughs> Just a little dribble. So that was episode 165. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 20 minutes of chat, secrets and videos with Yvette. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and write about the film that means the most to you and why. It's a lovely thing to read. My neighbour Maureen loves reading them, always makes her cry and it's really appreciated. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much to Yvette for doing the show. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week for another incredible guest. And that is it for now. In the meantime... I hope you all have a lovely week and please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind. Sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.